0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese, joined as always by Nima Tavalli. And on today's show, we will review match day seven of Serie A as the race at the top really heats up. Lautaro Martinez makes history by scoring four goals as a substitute for Inter against Selenitana. We also saw the best Tifo of the year with an incredible homage to Pink Floyd by the Salernitana fans. Rafael Liao lit up the San Siro with two brilliant assists for Christian Pulisic and Noah Okafor as Milan go toe-to-toe with Inter at the top. And in the process, they deepen Lazio's crisis. What has gone wrong for Lazio this season? We'll look into that. Napoli have had a, a brilliant week on the pitch, not so much off it. Uh, Another four-goal win, this time against Lecce. Atalanta and Juventus play out a board draw as uh, Allegri's Jihadi ball sets a a new record low for expected goals. Um, And Roma also get back to winning ways after their their big defeat by Genoa in midweek. We'll also preview the midweek European fixtures, including matchday two of the Champions League, with the highlight being Napoli hosting Real Madrid. Stay until the end for Bad Joe and Prem Face of the Week. We have uh, another cracking Prem Face. For all our first time listeners, this is our free weekly episode that we do every Monday reviewing the weekend's Serie A action. If you want to support the Italian football podcast and receive all of our content that we do throughout the week, including our weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday where we answer all of the questions from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction and much, much more. Then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a subscriber for just two ninety nine a month plus VAT. And you can also now sign up to be a paid subscriber on Spotify. We will provide the link in the description, same price, same terms. And for all of you who listen on Spotify, Apple and iTunes podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you can give us a five-star rating, give us a follow, give us a like. We're on YouTube as well, as it will really help us grow and do more quality content for you guys. So let's get into today's show. But first, a
1: word from our sponsor. Making your own podcast is fun. But the production of podcasts can also be challenging if you don't have the right software. With Zencaster, the whole process is quick and straightforward. Here at the Italian Football Podcast, we aim to have the highest of standards, and Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and fantastic HD video quality. Furthermore, it's really easy to use. Even boomers like Carlo can manage. There's nothing to download, just one click, and we start recording each episode. Zencaster ensures that your podcasting experience is easy and enjoyable. You don't even have to leave your browser as it possesses all the tools required to get the episode done, from local recording to automatic post-productions. Go to zencastercom pricing and use our code ItalianFootball, one word, You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zincaster Professional. We want you to have the same easy experiences that we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.
0: Okay, right. Um, I want to start with Selenitana versus Inter uh, for a couple of reasons because this was a real show um, in the stands and uh, on the pitch from Lautaro Martinez, um, who came on as a substitute in the second half. Uh, at a time when the scores were nil-nil and I thought that Inter were really struggling. I actually thought this game was 50-50 until Lautaro came onto the pitch um, and then proceeded to score four goals in 25 minutes and became the first sub ever in Serie A to score four goals, Nima. So he really is becoming, well, totally irreplaceable now for, for Inter and also a player that has completely moved on to another level, hasn't he?
1: No, yes, he's he's. I mean, just uh, I, I, there was a little bit of confusion online about this, but in the three-point era, no other player has come on as a substitute and scored four goals um, in the in the in, in the three in the three-point era. So there's that, um, just to be clear. But look, we, we are seeing um, a, div- a a player take the next step. I think um, because look, I've always I've been very open about that. I don't think that he will ever be. Uh, a true bomber, uh, so to speak, in 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 the penalty area. I've always felt that he's he 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 stresses his finishes too much, and and um, he he misses a little bit too much. But this season, look, he scored ten goals in eight games for Inter. That's an unbelievable start, um, and he's looking sharper with that killer instinct that I've always said I missed in him and wondered if he questioned whether he has it. I remember in in Zaghi's first season towards the end, he started looking like it. But then last season, I think we saw a regression uh, in that aspect of his game. But now he's, he's showing, I mean, if he continues like this, he's going to score 25, 30 goals in the Serie A alone. We could be talking about someone who will score 40 goals for Inter this season. And then you have a bomber, a true number nine. Um, Now he's turning into that. And that is a unique, unique thing Um, if if he continues like this, because that's the key. You know, he's he's the key is to him is is the consistency that he's lacked. He's not he's he's been always been patchy um but now if he can continue like he's done then then we truly are seeing a player take the next step before our very eyes and he was already at a very high level um so if he continues like this we are we are seeing the birth of a of a truly truly world class striker um and that's something that I never thought I'd say about Lautaro Martinez and something that I, I always, you know, here on this pod, those who listen to this show know that I, I've always seen him as a nine and a half or a ten and a half, or what what have you. But now he's turning into the complete number nine. Uh, that I mean, first we,
0: finish was was amazing. Yeah, the little, dink over, little the, dink over the little dink over yeah, it's that was just, insane for me.
1: It's just beautiful um, the way that he does it, and and this comes off a period where he's been looking a bit tired and a little bit worn out. Um, but here he comes on in the 55th minute, and then just gives Inter the bite that they've been lacking. Um, mm. And he yeah, I wasn't it.
0: impressed with Inter until until Lautaro came on, which is weird when you see they won four 0 and people won't really talk about that now. But I I, I thought they looked vulnerable in this game, uh, and Selenitano were causing them trouble, and and I and I actually thought that Salentina had a chance of causing an upset in this game. The way that the game was was panning out and then obviously Lautaro, Lautaro came on and you know things changed um and that's obviously when you've got quality to bring on but if we spin it the other way um does this also show a possible weakness in Inter because I did say at the start of the season that I thought that uh I was sure that Inter would have a another great season uh I mean they were my Scudetto favorite and I'm still sticking with them as my Scudetto favorites but I said that if inter were to not have a successful season it would need something like Lautaro to get an injury for like 3 or 4 months or something if that was you know if that was to happen um can you can you see that maybe inter would struggle because we saw without him in attack that they they really looked blunt didn't they
1: he's inter's captain um uh, any team would miss their captain um so no doubt would Inter would struggle if he's injured for 3 or 4 months no doubt about that um but so yes but I think any team would you know you take away a world class player from any team in the city or they would struggle without them in playing 3 or 4 competitions um so yeah the, the short answer to that is yes but for me it's it's more what I've praised him for against Real Sociedad is the leadership this is this is new it's not just that he's becoming a it's not just that he's becoming a, this, this this number nine bomber um who again, I want to hold my hands up. I never thought he would be that player. Um, still not you know let's wait and see but if he continues like this he he is he has become that but not more than that it's it's the leadership the fact that he's wearing that captain's armband and he's stepping up to the plate of what it means to wear that captain's armband at a club like Inter. That's what I find the most interesting thing. I mean, against Sociedad, he was awful, but he still, when it mattered the most, he, he turns up. He came on at, against against Itana and Inter, who created lots of chances, and they should have probably been two, three goals up, but they weren't, and they lacked that bite. And he comes on, and his link-up play with Marcus Teram is simply out- outstanding. Um, and they, they, they he scores one, he scores two and and then off we are to the you know off we are. but um no it, it's 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 the fact that he he leads by example, the fact that he looks fitter than he's ever been, the fact that he looks ready to to lead than ever before. Um, and and now, without Lukaku there it's it's become it's almost as if what happened in the summer with Lukaku leaving, he kind of took that almost in a way personally, saying, okay, well, I'm going to show you that I can be the main man at this Inter, you know? Um, And and he's really, really doing that. He's really, really doing that. I mean, again, I want to reiterate, I think Niccolò Barella could take a page out of Lautaro Martinez book, like I said a couple of weeks ago, because if you're not having a good game, if you're not having a good period, your attitude has to be of the right. And Lautaro's attitude is outstanding right now. Mm. um and, and that's what's so impressive it really is impressive because the that's where i think he's improved the most is his attitude and mental state yeah so
0: and his partnership certainly important. with taram as well oh, that was just, a ma- magnificent assist for the first goal and and yeah. lautaro is is the top scorer in Serie A with nine goals in seven games but taram is the top assist man in mm. Serie A with four assists now already so i mean that partnership is 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 incredible how they've gelled and they have and the quickly. best defense
1: as well, which is really weird. Cause I think Inter are a little bit vulnerable in defense, um, especially they were being, in this
0: game. They were, yeah, in this they game, were, definitely.
1: they're not, you know, I, I think Stefan De Frey and, and Pavard are doing really, really, really well. But Jan Sommer worries me sometimes. Um, I don't think we're quite out of the woods yet. I thought we were, but then he did that awful howler against Sassolo. Um, and then, and then we, you know, but he, this was a step forward, uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, they are vulnerable defensively; they really are, even though they've only just conceded three. So there is, there is, you know, it's still early days. Um, only Inter can win that Milan derby five-one and then turn that mm. into some reason to be depressed. But you know, it is. It <laughs> I is thought, I thought
0: the, th- the score. I have to be honest, though. I thought the scoreline's harsh on Salernitana because yeah. Salernitana have been have been terrible this season. But I, I thought that they really were you know, until midway through the second half, they were really good in this game. Remember, they had a goal disallowed at 1-0, very narrowly, uh, to make it it 1-1. I thought they were really good in this game. Uh, And um, so, it would be harsh if Paulo Souza gets the sack off the back of such a heavy defeat like this, when they played so well for, you know, two-thirds of of the game. And I think they were actually helped by the other beautiful thing from this game, other than Lautaro, which was the, the choreography from Salerno Turner. I mean, it's just out of this world. Nima. It
1: was one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen some, any, any fan base do at a football stadium. Um, it started with, this was an homage homage to Pink Floyd and Roger Waters, whose album dark side of the moon turns 50 this year. And, and it was, it, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's basically, you know, and, and you have to understand they always use music as well uh, in, in their in their choreographies or tifos at the stadium. So they had timed this to perfection. So it was basically the, the Pink Floyd's The Wall starts, and they and the, this this the wall is 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 built on the on the Kurva and then the wall, the middle of the wall, crumbles and a triangle proceeds to come out. And if you've seen the cover of the album, Dark Side of the Moon, mm. that's what happens. It's a triangle um, with a light that, that that breaks through the prism. Um, and it turns, you know, because when you break white light, you you know you have all the colors of the rainbow there, yeah? And then in there, it says um, something along the lines of, uh, in, in Italian, says, for those of us uh, who've always been, um, been here, uh, on the dark side of the moon, um, and it was it was it was truly truly it was it was truly truly unbelievable. Um, it says, uh, "Yeah, you will always find us here on the dark side of the moon," which is, of course, a reference to that album. And then, of course. Uh that is that falls down, that triangle falls down, and then instead a diamond comes down, and in the diamond is the Salonitana Club crest, and under it another reference to to Pink Floyd is Shine On You Crazy Diamond in Italian. It was it was absolutely unbelievable. It was one of the most beautiful things I've seen, and it just went on. And all of this, while all of this was going on, they it was they they done like an edit of, of Pink Floyd songs going on in the background. Mm. This is not the first time they've done this. Um,
0: this was one of the great TIFOs um, I've, I've ever seen. There's been some amazing <laughs> ones in the past.
1: Um, yeah, but Salernitana themselves, I yeah. mean, the one they did against Udinese, which they lost that game 4-0, Cera una Volta in Salerno, Once Upon a Time in Salerno, was basically the entire history of the club like a film reel, and it started with that old Western with Charles Bronson. Um, like as as a movie, it was basically like a movie board, and then the in the down the middle was just photos or 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 you know tifos of famous players and instances in Salernitana's history, while the years change below. It, it was it was truly unbelievable. They are an unbelievable fan base when it comes to stuff like this. They are truly, truly, truly a fantastic. Uh, fan base, and it's not the first time they've done something like this that is just unbelievable. What what pissed me off, though, the most, uh, or the, the only thing that pissed me off is how the hell can you have this? You know that you have this for free. No other cl- no, no football league in Europe has anything that comes close to this, and you as a TV producer or, or the rights holder don't film this and broadcast this and share this on social media and, and push it out. Cause this is a uniquely a beautiful aspect of Italian football. This plays to your strength. Serie a didn't do anything until today and put out a weird tweet about rent free. Yeah. It's
0: insane. It's insane. Now, this is just, this is just everything that's wrong with the marketing of Italian football. There was nothing during the game, during the broadcast of the game. Um, you wouldn't even know that this, that, that this had happened if it wasn't for one of our patrons that was at the game that filmed it. And then you then posted it all over social media. Um, well, I
1: was losing my mind over it. Cause I saw it on TV and uh, it, it just blew me away. Like it literally blew me away. And I was just tweeting about it. And and, and Mike Gurieri, who's one of our patrons said, no, no, I'm at the game. I'll, I'll send you the video afterwards. Like, thank you. And then afterwards he sent it to me and I was, and, and tagging. I was like, can I share this? And he's like, of course you can. So shout out Mike. And, and, and as I, and he said, it was the first Tifo he'd ever seen live at a stadium. And I said, well, you know, it doesn't get better than this, bro. Like this is, this, this is one of truly one of the most amazing ones I've ever seen. Um, it, it was, I mean, th- this was on par with one of the Milan Derby ones where the Dante one. Yeah. There, there was no, I'm thinking about the Castello one that Milan, uh, the Inter did which went on for about 15 minutes. Um, I've, I've, I've shared it like it was like from four, 2014 2015 when I was there. That and of course, you know, the Tite dominate Milan uh, one which uh, they did which was also one of the most beautiful tifos I've ever seen. But no, I mean, you know, these this is this is part of Italian football culture and it's one of the most beautiful aspects of Italian football yeah. culture and and the fact that the Serie A, lacks the foresight to understand that um and to push on this but it, was noth-
0: it was nothing on social media until like we were we were complaining and moaning about it on <laughs> on twitter about you know why are they not doing anything about it and then eventually they did like about you know a few hours after that <laughs> they did something belatedly and and it was so badly executed it was just a few photos no video uh with the weirdest caption ever, which I still don't understand, which was rent free was the caption. I still don't don't understand what the hell that even means. Rent free.
1: What they mean mean is that this TIFO lives rent free in our heads is what they're referring mm, to. I,
0: I still don't understand it, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you say so, um,
1: no, but, but that's what they mean. But like, I, I'm not saying I agree with it. It's, it's ridiculous, but okay. Fair
0: enough. But I mean, it's, it's, this is this is what I mean. I mean, this is, this should be plastered all over. So mean, it should be going viral all over the world. You know, look what this is Italian football. I mean, it's the perfect promotion of Italian football. Isn't it? The beauty of Italian mm. football. What is unique with the culture of Italian football? The way to attract people to italian football they don't even do anything with it at all instead they're instead they're they're they posting stuff on social media about average apex height and and <laughs> and, a, and a meme about uh, taylor swift and 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 uh, a meme about bagging tens at a party oh I my mean, god you know, died this is inside. this is this is the stuff that they're putting on their social media feed while they've got a piece of art an absolute it's masterpiece it is it is art
1: this was this was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen i mean i've people who don't even aren't even interested in football have seen it and contacted me when when i shared it on my social media said what in god's name was this uh, and were completely blown away and and it, and it was truly 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 unbelievable it was mm. it was genuinely unbelievable it's, mm. and this was just you know again so this this is a provincial side this is a provincial side in 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 just you know outside of naples uh, in the south of Italy, whose fan base does this time and time again, they are unbelievable when it comes to these things. They have, I mean, they the one they did for a fistful of dollars as well. Uh, I mean, it's just, nah, they, they are, they are, Salonitana's curva. I mean, they are known in Italy for, for being such an unbelievable tifoseria. They really are. They really Amazing. are unbelievable.
0: Amazing. Um, okay, let's move on to Milan then, because they are level with, with Inter at the top of Serie A, after they beat Lazio 2-0 on, on Saturday, when what I thought was a, a really mature Milan Very. performance. They weren't gung-ho like they were against Inter or like, for example, Napoli were when they played against Lazio, in, in which case in both times they got picked off um, on the transitions. They were measured. I think they they, they, they wore Lazio down and, and, and still eventually created lots of chances while conceding really virtually nothing and that's that's shown by the the number of chances in the game and the XG was, was Milan 2.04 XG to 0.47 XG for, for Lazio. I, I thought it was a very very mature performance. They were in control of the game in both phases. In the attack they, when, when they wanted to put their foot on the, the accelerator they did but they were always controlled with it uh, and I think that's a good sign for for, for Milan. It shows that they are, that the, you know, that the, the, the team is gaining experience and they, they know when to to push, when to hold. Uh, I thought they were they were excellent, but at the same time, um, it was the the difference maker himself, Liao Rafael Liao, who really did make the difference. I think in this game, got two assists, brilliant assists for both goals for Pulisic, for an even better assist for Okafor for the second goal. Brilliant performance from Liao, and I thought this was why Liao is probably given those special privileges that Arigosaki was complaining about you know and and he met he really did make a difference in this game i think
1: no he did he 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 made, he was a difference maker and uh, more than anything for me the thing that i'm mostly impressed with by this milan is how they as they say in Italy gestire le partite how they how they control these games how they play these games how they all big teams in 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 football know how to be in charge of games know when to do what in the right moment and what really really impressed me about Milan this game was how they they knew they could sense that Lazio couldn't keep up and then slowly slowly but systematically just increase the tempo and the pressure and rip them from right to left, from left to right. L- L- Lazio were like, by the time Pulisic scored that goal, Lazio were like a boxer who was groggy from all the punches he'd received from all these not knockout punches, but these these jabs, and they just couldn't they just couldn't re- they just couldn't withstand it anymore. And and the pun- then the knockout punch comes from Pulisic. It was so so good. Um, the way they they handled it, and I have to say, if we're talking about fan bases and that, Milan should thank their fans. The San Siro was unbelievable in this game. It was it it was it was the San Siro when it's at its absolute best. The sound, the, the 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 noise level was just deafening. You could tell that, and it was imposing, and it was just. It really, really, you, it helped Milan's players grow a few inches. Every single player grew from that support. It was, it was truly unbelievable to see that. It, it, it's, it, that stadium still when it's packed and it's and the, that that crowd, whether it's Inter or Milan, because the Milanese are a special breed when they go to the stadium. But when they're in a good mood, when they're when they're when they're enjoying themselves they unleash an atmosphere that nothing in the world comes close to. No football ground in the world comes close to that. The noise level, the atmosphere, the, 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 the vibe they create, it was truly unbelievable. And then, of course, with, with Pulisic doing that, Yasin Adli, who I thought was outstanding again, losing his mind the way he did. And then, of course, Leao again, <laughs> for the OCA for goal, which was unbelievable. No, no, no. It's um, the, the, this Milan is the real. They're, they're looking like they're sending out messages because you have to remember they were completely demolished by me by Inter a few weeks ago. They were ripped apart to mm-hmm. come back after that and give that performance that they did against mm-hmm. Newcastle, where they didn't win even though they deserved to, and to come back and win and then give this performance against Lazio and not give them a chance. That's that's impressive. That's that's nothing but impressive, and you have to again, Stefano Pioli. This man has more lives than H. cat.
0: <laughs> ding ding, yeah. No, I thought I thought they were really good. Uh, I thought there was a lot of collectively very good, but individually lots of lots of really good performances. Lião, of course, man of the match. Sitch. Reinders, very impressive. Um, very impressive Reinders. He's a very unique player to watch. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him. Mm. The way that the ball sticks to his feet when he dribbles forward um is is so unique. It, it reminds me he reminds me a little bit um not as an overall player, but just in the way that he makes those little surges forward mm. um, over five yards of kind of Frankie De Jong and Mateo Kovacic. It's just kind of like how he he floats with the ball, um, and he looks it,
1: so comfortable with the ball, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. It just looks natural. I'm not, I mean, I'm not
0: saying he's at their level. You know, it's way too early to mm. say that. But he, there is something, there is something about him. There's an X factor about him. Yeah, so nice. I think there's some there's a player that can definitely be developed. He has something unique about him, and I I, I thought he was, I thought he was outstanding um, in this game.
1: But I North have Rangers. to say, for me, Yasin Adli, who I had last season. Uh, in our preview, said I thought he was going to be the breakout star of the Serie A, and then obviously didn't get to play anything in the Serie A. But this season, he's he started really well, and and I thought he was so good in this game. I thought he was so so good. gave he was given a standing ovation when he was taken off. Um,
0: it would be a nice story for sure if he if he can if he can come through. He's
1: such a technical player as well. I mean, he's 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 a, he's a lovely player to watch. And think with Benasse comes back to this midfield. I mean, no, 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 Milan... Milan has got more options
0: now, for sure. If Adley, yeah. if Hadley can become the, the player that was expected to become of him, then Milan have so- suddenly got more options um, mm. in, in midfield because that is a still, I think, maybe the weak, potentially could be the weak area of this. team, yeah. still potentially, compared to the other big guns. But if he comes through as well, Tomori as well, I think he's really got back to his best yeah. so far yes. this season. We saw how much he was missed in the derby. Since then, he's been ma- magnificent in the game against Newcastle. Um, Newcastle didn't even get a kick in that game um, and again I thought he was he, he was uh, like a Rolls-Royce performance this, mm. this, this, no, this, this, this game so, so really really good uh, the only negative was a is a Loftus cheek injury for, for Milan otherwise really really good but from the Lazio point of view um, it's not working this season no, for, no. for Lazio it's not working no. what has quite gone wrong we've kind of dabbled into what, what it could be but I mean I think that if you break it down to defence and attack, it's not working at either end. It's not working. The defence is a shadow of last season. Last season, they had more clean sheets, I believe, than anyone else in Serie A. I think the second-best defensive record in Serie A. Hmm. This season, they've conceded 10 goals already in and seven games. And here's the
1: funny thing. I thought Providel has been, or I, in my opinion, it's early days still, and I tweeted this out, I think early days, but I, in my opinion, Provedel has been the best goalkeeper in the Serie A this season. I think he made he has made some absolute ridiculously idiot saves, as we call them in in Sweden. <laughs> in Sweden like like these kind of these 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 absurd saves, where you are like, how the actual f did you do that? And and he did he pulled up so many saves in this game as well. He kept Lazio in this game. Um, it would have been over at halftime if it wasn't for Providel. Um, so that, that's that. You know, I think he's better this season than he was last season. I think last season the defense was better, uh, and he had howlers. This season, he's the one holding this defense together because um, they are all over the place. Yeah, they're all uh,
0: struggling. The whole defense is struggling, and the, certainly in the center more than anything. Romagnoli and Casale were amazing last season. This season, yeah, they were. they're both really struggling. But it's not just the defense though. The attack, it's everything. The attack is blunt the attack has been blunt this season they, they they created basically nothing in this game like I said 0.47 xG but the, the attack looks blunt uh, with or without Immobile it's not just an Immobile problem the team seems to be lacking goals not just from the attackers but from all departments and I think that there's a, a big reason for that is this there's two players that have chipped in with so many goals. Immobile has guaranteed so many goals for so many se- seasons, but he's clearly in decline now. I think yeah, everybody can agree on that. He's, he's approaching 34, so that's natural that he's not going to be yeah. the same player at 34 that he was at 30 or 28 or 26, you know. So that's number one. Um, and then also, Lazio have lost Milinkovic-Savic. And he, if nothing else, he's a big loss in that he guaranteed so many goals a season. He would guarantee you... You know, seven to ten goals at least a season, wouldn't he? And you take that out of your your midfield, um, you know, that's a that's a that's a big gap to fill in terms of goals. So when you lose Immobile and Milinkovic Savic's guaranteed number of goals, you somebody else. You know, other players need to step up for these two, um, the two scoring holes that they're missing here. And and so far this season, no one has stepped up for them, um, not to their level at all. So I think. It's a very simple problem that Lazio have, but it's an obvious one for me. Those two, replacing Immobile, the the, the Immobile at his peak and replacing Milinkovic-Savic's goals. They haven't done that.
1: Well, not just the goals. I think they, they they just miss they miss their general. They miss their sergeant in midfield. Milinkovic-Savic does so much more than just score goals. He creates goals. He assists goals. He wins battles. He's good in the air. He's a physical player. Um, you know, and he's a very technical. Play- I mean, he's he's a very complete midfielder. I mean, Milinkovic-Savic has played in every single three of those three midfield positions, and he's done so really, really well, uh, or out very well, I would say. So no, they miss him a lot. They really miss him a lot. Um, and Immobile, of course, is getting older, but I just feel there's something off with Lazio um, in the sense that it's just not ticking. And again, Sari, like I said before, I think Sari and Conto are a little bit like marching bands. They're system coaches. If you, you know, in a marching band, if if one of the instruments is out of tune, it, it tells, it shows. And Sa- with Sari, it's the it, same thing here, Conte as well. He needs all of the instruments to be fine-tuned for the for this symphony to work, and he's got a couple of important players who are, who are not in tune with what he wants to do. And so it looks really, really awkward and, and out of tune and bad. Um, I mean, no, nothing, nothing symbolizes this more than when Pedro scores that absolute stunning goal, and it's chalked off correctly for offside because Immobile was too late. Yeah. Uh, that just to me was just a, a microcosm of everything that's wrong with 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 Lazio right now. That they are there, there is potential there, but everything has to be fine tuned for it to work. And right now, three, two, three very important pieces aren't working, and so the whole thing looks just.
0: And I think Sari a- Sari recognises it as well. Yeah. You saw his comments at the end of the yeah. game, and that that yeah. was telling. I think for me that he 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 kind of realises that this is you know. He's maybe he feels like he can't take Lazio any further than what he did last season. In fact, I'm sure he thinks that. And Mm. you know, he 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 said that he said Lazio. He said they're not a big team. Lazio are not a big team, not a great team, and they weren't last season either. Uh, And that's something that I've said all along. I think that Lazio definitely overachieved last season but I also think that Lazio weren't as exceptional last season as a lot of people made out. If you look at the number of points they achieved, if you look at the number of defeats they had mm. last season, they didn't have an outstanding season. They, no. they they had a good to very good season but they, they didn't have an outstanding season. They, 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 they uh, performed, they achieved as what they did also, not just down to themselves but down to the fact that Inter, Milan, Juventus, Atalanta, Roma, all the other teams had historically kind of Bad seasons in terms of collectively, in terms of second down to to sixth, you'll never get a worse season for the for the other teams um, in terms of number of games lost, points, and, you know. So that was also the reason why Lazio finished in the top four. Uh, so now Lazio, you know, I think that, I think he's I think he's right, but he also was very critical of Letito for the transfer market, he says he didn't get the players he wanted, which I don't think is a good thing to say because it's not say. Ta- it's not very nice to the players that did join. You're basically saying, well, I didn't want you. You were my second, third, fourth choices. So I don't think that was very wise of Sarri to say that personally. Um, but he also slammed UA for FIFA and Serie A for the fixture list. He said that they were sending players to be slaughtered and it was all about money, 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 which, which doesn't make its way down to the pyramid. And it's only all the money's only uh, gobbled up by 50 players in the world. And, you know, again, I think it's the same for all the Serie A teams. And maybe it affects Lazio more because they they don't have the squad that Inter Milan, Juventus do. But um, you can tell Sarri's not happy.
1: He's not happy. No, anymore. he's not, and and he he doesn't he's not very good at hiding when he's not happy either. And when I am starting to think if we could be seeing the beginning of the marriage between Lotito and and him to to use an Italian football phrase, um, I wonder if we're not beginning to see the beginning of the end here, that he feels that he can't, he just wants to do his job and he's not being allowed to do that job. And whether or not it's, he's thinking of going somewhere else. That's, that's the way I read it.
0: Yeah. Well, the way the season started, um, that that could be a possibility. Um, Let's move on to a coach who has repaired things, though, in, in the last week, on the pitch anyway. Not so much off the pitch. <laughs> it's been utter chaos off the pitch for Napoli with with TikTok gate and, and Victor Rossiman. But on the pitch, <laughs> it's been a very, very good week for Napoli. In fact, it's been two great performances in a week for Napoli. We have to be fair here. We've, mm-hmm. we've been very critical of Napoli so far this season, their performances and how bad they were and how it looked like Rudy Garcia had destroyed all the work in the space of a month that Spalletti have done but their last two performances okay granted not against particularly good teams against Udinese and Lecce but they put four goals past both and they've been it's been like watching Spalletti's Napoli in these two games they've dominated dominated possession intensity creating chance after chance after chance uh, scoring loads uh, exciting performances um, and you know you have to say that I don't know what's happened. Um, I I suspect that the squad have come together with Garcia or, or without Garcia and said, look, we need to start playing the short passing game again. Enough of this long, direct passes. And I think it's been notice, notable the last two games, the way that Napoli have been playing a lot more short, controlled football, working their way up the pitch, possession, much, much more possession in the game. Uh, and... I think even it was even telling with the, the quotes from Gaetano who come on and scored and got an assist, which was a really nice story. Um, that he actually said at the get at the end of the beginning of the season we had some difficulties, but as soon as we started playing the ball on the ground, we became devastating. Which I think was kind kind of telling. I
1: think that what they want to do is to combine between the two, the directness and the passing game. I think that's what they that's 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 the new that that's the compromise. I think they've agreed on. Because I don't think they just played the Spalletti game. I think they kind of combined both of those things. And I'm I'm not sure. I think I saw something about Rudy Garcia say something like that as well. You know, getting the best out of what you've got and and, and who you've got on the pitch and blah, blah, blah. But I also think it's got to do with the fact that Garcia has, has realized that his two starting defenders should be Nathan and Ostigord. I thought they were brilliant together. I really, really think so, and and it's and and I think Natan is looking really good, um, um, and and of course it doesn't hurt that Kvaratskhelia uh, is scoring and and being and looking as brilliant as he's ever been, and of course Victor Victor also been coming on at halftime and scoring again, um, but you know that's the best way to get out of a crisis is to win and win emphatically. Well, that's yeah,
0: the- Natan... <laughs> hasn't put a foot wrong so far no. since it's coming on. And he has made a difference in the defence. Okay, again, they're playing against two teams that really don't offer, haven't offered that much in attack, but he has been he has been faultless. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he does, certainly in the Real Madrid game, um, because that will be a really good test for him. But it's been a good week for Napoli. Uh, and we have to say again, Kvalet Scalia. He was I mean, he's definitely back now. He was yeah. fantastic against Udinese, but he was sensa- sensational assist for the Ossiman goal. Brilliant carry, cut inside and the ball to the ball to the back post. So Karek Scale is looking great. Ossiman scored again. So all the stuff that's going off the pitch. Uh, a little bit of a mooted celebration, but you know, he thanked his teammates. Um and he and also he put out a statement on Sunday um in which he basically kind of a strange statement where he he, he he basically said that how much he loves Napoli, how, many, how good Napoli's Naples have been to, how many friends he has in, Na- in, in Naples and how he won't let anybody from outside speak for him or try and come between the love that he has for Na- Naples. So whether that's him repairing and, you know, putting, uh, you know, closing the chapter of the TikTok stuff. The, the, the social media manager at, N- at Napoli has, has, has left as well. So maybe that could be a good sign for, for Osiman and Napoli that this is, um, you know, I don't know, the end of that story. For Napoli fans, we hope that's the case. Um, as for Lecce, um, this is why I said, remember I said that it was stupid what they did against Juventus, rotating so much and playing so negative because they've lost their, completely lost their rhythm now. They should have just carried on playing the way they had been playing, uh, you know, attacking in the in the first few games of the season. They lost this game badly. They got battered, uh, and this is why I just think that when you're playing well, just keep playing. Just keep doing what you're doing well. Um, I don't know. This is this is the the bad the bad side for me of Italian management when you just change things unnecessarily and try and be too smart. Carry on what you're doing. Lecce were flying. Then they went hyper negative against Juventus they lost all their rhythm uh, and they got hammered in this game um so um I, I think that's on baroni I blame him for, for changing things um but anyway they might have lost anyway, but I think it, I think they got it wrong um talking about <laughs> a bad game for team for a team Juventus they drew nil nil at Atalanta um, this was originally going to be the first segment we were going to discuss uh, on this podcast, but there really isn't much to talk about because it was just such a bad game. Uh, Unwatchable, totally unwatchable game, maybe (laughs) even for Nima, uh, the first half, especially. Um, And and again, I said during the lecce of that no fans would want to pay to watch this in a stadium or on TV. And I also said that no TV companies, especially abroad would want to bid much with watching this kind of football. And, and, I say the same against his Atalanta Juventus, and the first half was so so bad, uh, so so bad. But, uh, but if we're talking about this from the Juventus point of view, um, okay, they got a point. Uh, that's 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 okay. That's no problem with that away from away at Atalanta. It's one of the, the tougher places to go. If uh, uh, you could draw away to Atalanta, it's no disgrace. But Juventus's chance creation again. Looking at what this means for the bigger picture at Juventus. I said it in the Lecce game because in the Lecce game Ju- Juventus created one big chance in the whole game from open play which was the Chiesa chance which he missed he, he screwed it wide and then they scored off a corner and that was it they created nothing else for the entire game and I said look it's unsustainable for a team to create so little and and try and be successful over the course of the season and we've seen that in the last two seasons under Allegri Juventus just do not create enough chances now in this game um, I actually made a mistake. I thought this was a record low for Allegri. He had an XG of zero point one seven in this game, which is insane. I've actually learned since since writing that down that actually um, they did have a zero point zero seven against Fiorentina, uh, um, but uh, I think earlier this year um, in May, I think. Um, so um, this is a, this is the second second lowest XG, but the the I mean the the, the, the quality of attacking offensive play from Juventus in this game even without Vlaovic and Vilic but they still had Chiesa and, and Keane up front and they still had everyone else playing i mean it's a, it's just it's just not acceptable it's it's just not acceptable at all Nima.
1: look it's it wasn't a, a, a sexy game by any stretch of the imagination it was it was hardly i didn't think there were that many chances created by either side if I'm perfectly honest i felt like especially the first half there was there was barely anything uh, the only shots on target were waiva um uh, and 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 you know it wasn't anything spectacular and then in the second half i feel You've, uh, Atalanta tried more, but Juve completely just didn't want, weren't interested, and were just happy with one point. And I think that's in the context of that that you have to look at this. I think Juve just wanted to get away from a very difficult ground with with just a point, um, and to keep Atalanta behind them, uh, which they did. Um, you know, they're fort They have fourteen points. Atalanta have uh, thirteen points, and and they're on. You know, they're on same points with Napoli. So. You know, I, I think they just wanted to keep this result-wise um, going because you know they've got the Derby della Mole next weekend, and then it's the international break, and then they have got Milan away. And I think Juve are just trying to build some momentum uh, and not lose, and to get into those games. You know, try you know win the derby and then go into the Milan game who they struggle against with some with a bit of confidence. Uh, and and I think your confidence is something that you build by a string of results where you don't concede. And, maybe, okay, you don't win, you don't create a lot, but you also don't lose. And I think that's what, you know, at this preliminary part of the season, I think that's what...
0: what I think what good. we can say for sure is that uh, any, any dreams that Juventus fans had after that first game against Udinese, that this was a new Juventus, that this was a new offensive... Um, more adventurous, uh, more progressive Juventus. I mean, we can just totally forget about that now. This game showed that this was this was Juventus for the last two seasons. Simple as that. Um, yes, the defense was much better. That's the, the positives are that the defense tightened up um, this week. Not just in this game, even against lecture, they conceded nothing at all. In this game, they probably you know. They, they may be a little bit fortunate to get where. I mean, Zappacosta missed, missed mm. a sitter, double chance. Both of them were sitters. It was a double. It was in the same same move in the first half, and in the second half, I think Coop Miners had a couple of good chances, not great chances, and and then obviously the the bar, the, which was a fantastic save from Chesney, the the free kick that hit the bar from 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 Muriel. So I mean, Atalanta had the better chances. I think they had an XG of 1.12. so not a high XG, but you know, still. Much higher than Juventus is at 0.17. <laughs> um So I mean, I think Atalanta maybe just about deserved to win, but only just. Um, so defensively, Juventus were 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 were, were much better. Um, that's the positive. But you know, coming back to my point, you know, any idea that this was going to be a new Juventus with new new way of playing? I mean, they've been ba- they've abandoned the whole inverted fullbacks completely. Now Cambieso played again in this game, did none of that. Um, so that's been abandoned. And the whole idea of trying to have more possession. Again, no no pressing at all in this game. Zero pressing. Um, not much intensity at all. And um, well, actually no high line in this game either. So, I mean, the idea that this is going to be a more positive and adventurous event as well, I think we're seeing that they've, they've slipped slowly, slowly. Every game they've slipped more into the, the old ways. And, and the only outcome of that is it's not going to be a successful season. If they're happy with a successful season being a top four, well, I think they'll do that. I think they'll do that. Um, But, you know, that shouldn't be what they're aiming for. This is Juventus. um, And uh, I think that's disappointing. But anyway, from the Atalanta point of view, um, I thought Scalvini was good. I thought he was good. I thought he did well against Juve's attackers. Uh, and I actually want to give a word of praise. I don't want to go over the top, but I want to give a word of praise for De there.
1: Yes, same. I thought I he had a few uh,
0: little bright sparks. And a I was going to say turns. the same. Yeah, I was,
1: I've got the same there. I, th- I think he's looking, he's he's looking better than ever. Uh, in his, his, I don't his think career. we should go
0: over the top,
1: but I mean, no, I thought, I'm I'm I thought he showed the enough way.
0: there that that you think, mm, he can build no, on that. No, I mean? he can
1: definitely build on that. But I feel like this is this is a continuation. Of what we've seen so far this season, he's building up his belief, is building up his self confidence, which was completely shot for during that period, that season at Milan, completely destroyed the boys' mm-hmm. belief uh, in every aspect, and now he's, you can see that he's building himself up again, and he's believing in himself, and he's doing things that he, that that you know, and, and that he thinks you know that that that. They, to provide an end result and and, and he's now he's enjoying his football and he's on the right path he really is it was really nice to see it's nice because i i really rate the Kettler. i think there's a player there and i think what happened at milan was when you arrive at milan or inter with a 40 million euro price tag it's not easy <laughs> you know it's just it's just not easy and the, if, if you're the reason that they also didn't sign another player, or they didn't sign Colomouani. Do you know what I mean? Like when you, when you're the reason they spent big on you, and you turn out to be a giant dud, the Sanciro crowd is unforgiving and very hard. And I think that got on top of him. And I'm glad that he's in Bergamo. I'm glad that he's at Atalanta, a club that's much more family oriented in that sense, um, and not as much pressure, and that he can play his football. And that he's surrounded by a coach who is, for you know, even if he's the most crankiest and not a very good per- people's person, he's also he's he is a very good coach in in getting players to and develop. developing players,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, the other the other thing, the other note on Atalanta is um they haven't conceded a goal at home yet in this this season, and yeah. I know they had that aberration of a game defensively against Fiorentina uh, <laughs> five teams were, were an aberration defensively in that game. But apart from that, they've actually looked quite good defensively okay. you know, this season, which is kind of surprising. Um, but, you know, it was again notable in this game. I mean, Juventus didn't threaten at all. And uh, so, so yeah, that, that is, that is uh, something positive. I mean, it's not quite, um, uh, Jihadi ball or terrorist ball, but it's uh, it's a different Atalanta, isn't it? It's not the free flowing, uh, all out gung ho at Atalanta that we saw, you know, during the COVID times when they
1: were like no, seconds no, no, away no, no. from the semi
0: final of the Champions League.
1: Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely not. It's it's a much more mature and controlled uh, approach mm. from Gasperini, um, but well, you know, also. You know, he's he knows he's got kind of an entirely new team now.
0: And he's with and yeah he's as well, injured. and El Bilal mm-hmm. Torre as well. So he's it's, it's, so, it's, yeah. it's got a... But that, I think that's good, though. That, that's, that's, that shows that he's been smart. You can't play the same way if you've got certain players missing. So, yeah. Um, very quickly, just on the other Serie A matches, so Roma beat Frosinone 2-0, Lukaku and Pellegrini scoring. That was very, very important win. After the Genoa, the four-one defeat to Genoa, because if Roma don't win
1: this game, then the knives are really up for Mourinho. So, oh yeah, no, no, then, then do. I mean, this doesn't remove the crisis, but it calms things down a little bit. Mm. Um, and I thought Lukaku is is going to be so important. I mean, he, him and DiBala and Pellegrini together are looking really good. To, like it's looking really interesting. Um, they're, you see, you see these little link ups and these little mm-hmm. movements that they're starting to enjoy life. With each other, um, quite a bit. Yeah, so. we'll
0: see. We'll see if you can, if Mourinho can get that working consistently. That's my my concern. As the general game showed, um, the other Serie a matches: Bologna win three 0 against Empoli, and hat trick from Orsolini. A really nice mm-hmm. hat trick as well. So yeah, it really, was. Really, the first goal was beautiful. The way he flicked it up and then volleyed it. And uh, so Orsolini, and that means he's probably going to get a, another call up for the Italy national team, isn't it? Bloody <laughs> <Gladio>. hell. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then Udinese to Genoa 2, which was a really, really exciting, exciting game. Uh, we'll come back up, we'll come on to that in a second, because the other games on Monday are Sassuolo, Monza, Torino, Verona, Fiorentina, Cagliari. But the reason um, uh, I mentioned about Genoa is uh, Albert Goodmanson scored two goals for, for Genoa against Udinese. And I want to do a little profile on on him now as we usually do. And he's been one of the breakout stars of Serie A this season. Maybe the breakout star of Serie A so far this season. He's been he's been sensational in the first weeks of the season. He he's scored four goals already uh, this season in all competitions. And he he well he should have had a hat trick actually in the game against uh Udinese. He had a goal disallowed for very very narrow offside. Um, but his two goals is the first time ever in Serie A that a player from Iceland has scored more than, than one goal per game. Um, he's formed a, a, a fantastic partnership with Matteo Rettigui, who, who Rettigui has five goals himself this season. And he, he made a brilliant assist for Rettigui, Goodmanson did, in the, in the 4-1 win over Roma. He beat three men in, in the build-up. Um, he played a really key role in Genoa's promotion last season. He scored 11 goals. And he got five assists in Serie B. Um, he's he's 26 years old. So he's not, you know, he's not young, young, but he's really now seems to have exploded. And his position is he's is, is an attacker. He's playing in the front two for Genoa this season, but he can also play um, on the on the wing as a wide attacker. Um, he has an interesting family history. He, he's from a family of, uh, yeah. of footballers, almost like an Icelandic football dynasty yeah um, his his father is a former uh, international striker and commentator Gudmundur Benediktsson and his mother is also a former international footballer um and she is the, his mother is the daughter of a former international striker as well Ingi Bjorn Albertsson, who held the record for the most goals in the Icelandic uh, first division from 1987 until 2012 uh, and the father of Ingi yeah. <laughs> so the father of his grandfather so that makes him that's his great-grandfather on his mother's uh, side on his mother's side yeah is um the former Milan and Arsenal striker uh, and also then became the minister of finance in Iceland Albert Gudmundsson who was Iceland's first ever professional footballer so it's an incredible dynasty they've got here um, the Gudmundsson family all four generations have uh, played and scored for the the Iceland national teams so it's a great family history um, but as for Goodminton as a player um, he's a really really exciting player to watch I've really loved watching him this season he's a, he's a really nippy little player uh, buzzing around really good dribbler uh, links up well like with Retegi and his teammates puts balls through his passing's good he's, he's pretty quick especially over five meters uh, very good technique good finisher um, as well skillful uh, cuts inside goes both ways uh, creative. Um, he's he's really really good. He's won 35 caps for the Iceland national team. Six goals. He went to the 2018 World Cup with with Iceland. Um, he also um, rejected Arsenal and Liverpool um, as a teenager. Instead, deciding to join a Heron bean in Holland. And then he moved on to PSV, then to AZ, and then he moved to Genoa in January 2022. And um, and like I said really was important for them getting up to Serie A and now he's been fantastic in in, in in Serie A. So definitely a player to watch this season, definitely a player that if he carries on playing the way he is, I think um, there'll be bigger teams looking at him, I think, in 2024.
1: No, definitely, and 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 he if he continues like this and against you know, he had a goal disallowed against Udinese as well, so he could have had a hat trick. He scored a brace there, didn't he? Mm. So um, no, it's an interesting player, and I, and I think the way that he links up with Rytigi as well is the one that I find the most, um, the most interesting aspect of his game. I, I think they have a really cool understanding between them. Uh, they they do. do. We're talking do
0: about great up link ups earlier with Taram and Lautaro. Right. Well, Rytigi and Goodmanson are. I mean yeah between them just 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 as impressive really the way they've hit it off um, so quickly together and they, and they and they they both of them have a bit of everything there, don't they they have the skill they have the power aerial strength of Retigi i mean they're going to cause a lot of trouble to all teams i th- I don't think any defense will want to play against these two this season
1: no, no, I don't think so. I think Genoa is going to cause teams a lot of problems, and I think they, they've got um like I said, I think Grege scores 15, 20 goals in this area. Um, and, and I think at least half of them will be direct assists from yeah. And from I think Goodmundson can hit double figures, so between them they oh, could, for sure.
0: between them, they could be pushing on 25, 25 goals between them, which will definitely definitely keep them up at the very least, and I think even mid-table potentially, pushing towards mid-table, they could they can aim for that, Genoa.
1: They absolutely can. I don't think
0: they'll get mid-table, but I think they, they won't be far off.
1: No, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. I, I don't think... Uh, no, I, I don't think they'll hit mid-table. but Maybe... I have them 13, 14, something like that. Mm. And that's where I have them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, just before we do Baggio and Prem Face of the week, um, European fixtures this week. So we have some big games in the Champions League. We have Napoli against Real Madrid, uh, Carlo Ancelotti returning to to Naples. And that's going to be a really interesting game, isn't it, um, Nima? It's, it's one which I would have probably favoured Real Madrid at this time last week. But now after watching Napoli really play well, I'm feeling a little bit more confident um, for them. And, and also, I'm not too hot on Real Madrid.
1: Um, no, as I, I never seem to be in the last few
0: years, but they, they're always there or they are. Yeah, alone.
1: but this is a different Real Madrid. It's a it's a Real Madrid in transition. It's a Real Madrid without Karim Benzema. It's it's a Real Madrid that is kind of. I think fine. Vinicius
0: is out injured as well. Was, yeah. was he back? He he has been injured. I'm not sure if he's back. So, yeah.
1: No, Real Madrid are in transition, um, and it's not it's not a all-guns-brazing Galactico Real Madrid. It's a Real Madrid that's moving towards that, that's waiting for Kylian Mbappé uh, to start a new winning cycle. And, and they're kind of transitioning. You know, Jude Bellingham is there doing a really good job. The midfield is Bellingham's been insane this season. Yeah. Yeah, he's been he absent.
0: Vinicius Junior is back, actually. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, they've got him back. But they've got Jozelu playing as the centre-forward. So, yeah, they they play a four three one two. Ancelotti's gone back to his lo- this formation that he loves, <laughs>
1: mm. and um, so yeah, it will be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how they how they how they get on. Um, but look again, it's in Naples and at that stadium, they can be anyone there. Napoli, mm. So sure,
0: Inter Benfica is the other game on Tuesday
1: evening. Inter need a win, absolutely. Well, so do Benfica because they lost their opening game. So. It's, it's, uh, it's a game where I think it's a bit of a trap game. Inter need to watch out. They can't underestimate mm. this. Benfica would take a draw, though. They'd, they'd be delighted with a draw, Benfica. Yeah. But Inter, I think,
0: yeah, you have to win your home games in the, in the Champions League yeah. groups. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday, we've got Celtic versus Lazio. Now, Lazio draw wouldn't be a disaster after they, after they drew with, with Atletico, but I think they really do need to be going to win there
1: at, at Celtic. Oh, for sure. It, look, Lazio have to finish second. And in order to do that, they have to win against uh, Lazio, against Celtic and Feyenoord in this. So, so mm. no, no, without a doubt, they have to win there.
0: Like. Yeah, for sure. And Borussia Dortmund versus Milan. Now, Milan, I think, do need to win this game um, at Dortmund. And and I'm not that hot on Dortmund. Although their form has improved um, recently. I, I do think that's a winnable game. For, for Milan, if they I, take their chances.
1: Without a doubt, it is. But I'm not entirely convinced that it's a must-win game for Milan. I think it's a draw. If they can draw and then win at home against Borussia Dortmund, then then, then they've got at least them behind them. Then it becomes uh, against what they do against Newcastle away at St. James's Park.
0: Yeah, the problem is that they've already wasted their game against Newcastle and then they've got to get, do a home and away against PSG, whereas Dortmund and... And uh, and Newcastle will have got rid of their games against PSG, so I, that's why I think they do really need to go for the win here. Mm. Um, as for Europa League, we've got Sporting Lisbon against Atalanta, Roma against Savet, and then in the Conference League, Fiorentina against Ferencvaros. Let's finish off with Bad and Prem Face of the Week. Right, Bad Um I've got two. I mean, first of all, the the Solenitana, tifo. I mean, that's absolutely Bad of the
1: week. Which we've already spoken yeah, about.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, the laut,
1: lautaro and, and Salernitana are my budget. of
0: Yeah. I've also got our good old friend
1: Adriano Galliani. Doing
0: <laughs> the, the dance. Doing, doing the Papu Papa dance. Bones.
1: Which is just
0: amazing. It's just amazing. He's it the smart.
1: stiffest human being I think I've ever seen. And Papu is not exactly a dancer either, even though he's Argentinian. He's not exactly the He's, he well, he made you, that dance, though. He created the that dance he just—he's created he's just swinging back and forth. It's not <laughs> dance, is it? Let's not. Let's not, let's not exaggerate. It's mm. not exactly well, the theatre. No, but I mean, let's not. not. This isn't exactly the Bolshoi theatre, is it? Um, but no, it's, it's 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 just that watching Galliani do that is hilarious because he looks so stiff. Um, and, I'm and still not convinced that he's human. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I'm not 100 percent convinced. I want to see the proof. <laughs> yeah. Until I see the he does proof, I'm have not. I'm that not...
1: lizard. He, he, does he does have that. Li- yeah, he does look. He good. has he that, that lizard vibe, lizard vibe about, him. about him. Yeah, he does. He really does. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, really and listen.
0: he was best friends Galli- uh, with Galli, uh, with as well, mm-hmm. who had like a, a lizard on his on his doorstep, didn't he? <laughs> uh, <so.
1: laughs> I mean, right. I'm sorry, but he never aged and, and, in uh, the way he looked and sound, sounded until he died. I'm sorry. No, exactly. <laughs> you say Galliani, you're not convinced. I'm, I'm still, I'm not convinced. Was no, that's, what I mean. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I mean. the that, both of them. That's what I mean. That's the evidence. To the evidence isn't it? <laughs> oh, right.
0: Um, Prem face of the week. Do you have any?
1: No, I, I've not really... Well, I mean, there is one, and I know which one you're going to say, because I think that's insane. I don't Sa- know
0: Sam, Samuel, our prem face, son, he's been sending a load through um, this week. Yeah, I
1: saw someone say something about how they preferred Eden Hazard to Lionel Messi at the peak, and I, and I just... I, I My eyes rolled.
0: Yeah, that was Samuel. Our yeah. Samuel. My, my, my
1: eyes rolled, so... But but it's so back into the back of my head that I just I not I don't even remember who said it, but it was one of the usual talk sport people who said it. So <laughs> I mean, on, it's just it's getting to be, ridiculous. To be expected, to uh, be expected.
0: But yeah, um, my friend Dante and I've had to give him a shout out because he says make sure you give me a shout out if, <laughs> uh, if you use my prem face of the week. So I've given him a, give him a shout out. Um, he he sent me a, a WhatsApp during the um, during the inter game against against the Lenny Turner and he said that the TNT commentator said that Barella is not Premier League quality and lacks the physicality for the Premier League and I didn't believe him I did, I did not believe it so then I, I asked in a few other groups like did this really was this really said and and everybody confirmed that this was actually said and it's just like just just, just bizarre isn't it I mean, it's just like why, why, why are you even commentating on this game if that's what you think?
1: I mean, it's just like that—that that makes no sense. Like, it's like you can criticize players, and but but can you at least criticize players you've actually watched play? I mean, it's just, that's my only thing that evidently he hasn't watched Barela play. No. No, because
0: you
1: you, you, you just you, haven't watched him.
0: No, you haven't watched him. If that's what you. If that's what your conclusion is. If that's
1: your conclusion, is you haven't watched him play. Or and that's that fine. Football. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it's okay not to. You know, no one can know every single player on earth. Like it's, it's no, just No, no, there's possible. no excuse
0: for not knowing who Barella is. You, can't be, is... Listen, you can't be a commentator yeah. and not know who Barella is. He's, he's yeah. the Euros two, two yeah, years and ago. Not just
1: that. He's been one of the Europe's best midfielders for a couple of years now. I mean, you should know who the, the top, top players League are. Final. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, you know, you should know better. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. I mean, and he quite
0: literally, is man-made for the Premier League with his, with his, you know, with his energy levels and his running and his pressing and his, and
1: tenacity, his tenacity, and, 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 yeah, and how he
0: gets stuck in and and his transitional, transitional qualities and 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 everything, <laughs> you know, madness. It's <laughs> is insane, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it crazy? is. It really is. I, I thought it was a joke. I thought that no, no, this is this must be a windup. This must be a up. <laughs> and it doesn't. You don't usually expect it on. Like established players, because Barella is an established player. That's the thing. You no, know I mean? It's usually a player that, okay, isn't doesn't have a reputation, a global reputation. That, that, that you know, even though he, they, that most of the time, they are already quite established, but they're not globally known. With Barella, they, this is a globally, everyone knows you know, Barella, I mean, player who won year, one, so yeah. the Champions League final. <laughs> you know, he hasn't just played in Serie A. <laughs> you
1: know, it's insane. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah.
0: Okay, right. Let's uh, let's leave it at that. We'll be back on Tuesday for QA and then Thursday for the Champions, Champions League, League yeah.
1: review. Absolutely. Yeah, we will. And yeah, and, and absolutely and, and and make sure to uh we were sorry to people who listen to us on Spotify, but there was an issue with Spotify last week where uh we published our podcast and it didn't come out. Uh, the free episode the patrons got theirs on Spotify but there was a problem it wasn't just us there was lots of podcasts who published their episode on on, on, on Spotify normally and it just didn't turn up yeah. So they say that it's been that it's been fixed or it was fixed about 24 hours later mm-hmm. um, but yes yeah, so Emma had was... a very
0: colorful description of the
1: Spotify. <laughs> Owner, leader, owner, owner, leader, <laughs> leader. <laughs> it's not. It's not some sort of like foreign army. <laughs> it's a company <laughs> leader. It's, it's twenty to eleven. But you have to. No. how you, you, you talk about people. Like there's some sort of like Bond villain sitting there petting their cats. Most of like, them are. That's why. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> the Spotify leader. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh dear. <laughs> well, yeah. So, anyway, um, the Spotify leader has <laughs> fixed the problem <laughs> with Spotify. So, our pod should come up as soon as possible now that we publish it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you on Tuesday. Ciao, ciao.